Welcome to the Sharon Cliff Podcast. I'm a business coach, a mentor, a wife, mama four, lover of wine, and a consumer of dark chocolate. On the Sharon Cliff Podcast, a real talk, no fluff podcast, myself and my incredible guests answer the hard questions with practical advice and fun. Sharing stories, tips, and the how-to, we explore mindfulness, marketing, building wealth, self-care, and all things business. A podcast to inspire you to take action so you can create a life and a business that you love without the burnout. To find out more about me, head to SharonCliff.com.au. Turn up the volume. Let's do this. On today's episode of the Sharon Cliff Podcast, I'm talking with Nicola Lalive. Nicola is a red lipstick lover, proudly surpassing 23 years in the beauty industry. Nicola has crafted her passion into becoming a multi-award winning industry leader, featured on Channel 7, The Courier Mail, and Nine News. She's the best-selling author of a recently published book, Back Yourself, alongside other inspiring Australian women in business. Nicola inspires women to find their courage and to be the best version of themselves with inspirational corporate speaking. Nicola is going to talk to us today about how she turned post-traumatic stress into post-traumatic drive. Let's meet Nicola. Today on the Sharon Cliff podcast, I'm interviewing Nicola Lalive. And Nicola, I want you to let us know who you are and what it is that you do. I encourage women every day to find their courage and to be the best versions of themselves. And that's really what I'm passionate about. I believe that real queens fix each other's crowns when no one's watching, but I'm also a firm believer in straightening your own crown. I also, I wear many hats. I've I've just co-authored a best-selling book called Back Yourself, which is a collaboration of a couple of different Australian businesswomen, which is inspirational and offers a lot of tangible advice. I also do um, inspirational speaking. I own an award-winning business, beauty salon, and also I have a charity called Tender Loving Beauties, and we go out to the community and support um, families of very sick children. For example, um, Hummingbird House in Chermside, which is Queensland's only children's hospice. So I'm a really big believer in supporting our local community. I also believe in community over competition and supporting each other's small businesses and and other women. And I just love collaborating and meeting other women and just supporting each other. I think in 2021, it's, it's so important. If not before, now is definitely the time for us all to, to support each other. And, you know, one woman is so strong, but collectively we're unstoppable. Absolutely. I love that, you know, collaboration over competition and there's just so many positives for that. The, the things that you've just went through that, that you know, you're involved in is just so inspiring and, um, and thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure we'll, we'll hear more about it through your story and we'll also pop some, some links to, to, to your book and, and to your um, to charity as well. You just sort of said, you know, sort of what you're involved in now, what did you want to be when you grow up? I grew up in South Africa, in Johannesburg, South Africa, and being a young young lady at the age of six, I actually grew up feeling very alone and, um, you know, my limiting beliefs started from a very young age, which is really sad. And I do see that with my nine-year-old daughter now. You know, life is difficult. But back in the day, I used to go with my mom to the pharmacies in South Africa that had like a beauty cubicle. It was very fashionable. And I used to wander around the pharmacies and look up at the ladies with the bright red lipstick, the, the Clinique and the Estée Lauder ladies and think, 
one day I want to be like her. So I actually went on to study beauty um, at Camelot Academy in Johannesburg after school, which then took me to work on the cruise ships. And the funny thing is, when I was studying, I actually went on to be one of those Estee Lauder girls. And um, for me, I believe that wearing red lipstick is like putting on a superhero cape. I grew up, like I mentioned, feeling really unheard. At the age of 15, I actually was really depressed. I had a suicide attempt. Um, I used to wear very nude lipstick. And then it was only after I was held up in gunpoint in South Africa and almost shot and that's where my post-traumatic drive comes from, that I, I put on my red lipstick and said, you know what, shitty things have happened. I'm not going to embrace the woman I'm always meant to be. And I've never taken off my red lipstick, of course, when I go to bed. But um, you always find me with my red lipstick. And for me, it's that putting on that superhero cape and turning into that Wonder Woman and being anybody I can be. And I truly believe I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to be doing. And that dream started from a really early age. It's just what I wanted to do. Wow, I've got goosebumps. Yeah, you you, uh, you absolutely are living your your purpose. And I sort of touched on it there about, you know, being held at, at gunpoint and that's where you just went, that sort of was a turning point for you. And I, I would like to explore that further because as as we sort of spoke about before this interview was that your how you were able to turn that post-traumatic stress into, and I loved your terminology, post-traumatic drive. Are you okay to sort of, you know, go through that that sort of story and, you know, sort of what happened? Because I'd really love to know your journey because we're, oh, just, absolutely. we're so quick to share, you know, positive stories and uplifting stories and all the fun stuff and, and all the good stuff. And, and I think as women, and the whole reason I started this podcast is we don't share the crap stuff and we don't share the bad stuff. And as, as female entrepreneurs, it's a lonely road. We are lonely. We think we're the only ones that are in that situation and, and only ones feeling that way. And I think if we can be vulnerable and share our stories, then, you know, women won't be alone and they'll feel like, you know, they, they have the confidence to be able to make changes and, and, you know, do exactly what you've done. So can you sort of share more about that journey? 100%. So I was going to open up a Balinese spa in Johannesburg, South Africa. And I met my husband on cruise ships and he, we were both working. And that was my dream until when I took him home to meet my family back in 2006, my mom and my sister and I had gone out to get some lunch and we were followed back into her home. And we had these guys jump up with guns and I literally had a gun stuck to my head. And people always say, how does that, imagine having a gun stuck to your head. It's, you just, think it's it's over and you know home as well like, it wasn't like it was out in public it was in your it was in like the home yeah total and my husband Eric and I just got engaged and they I remember pleading with the guy and saying please don't take my ring I've just got engaged and he said you know give me your ring or I'm going to kill you so like what do you do and I cried all day and I know um, you love wine so you can resonate with this. I sat in the garden and just drank wine all afternoon and my husband being from the Netherlands said to me I'm not I'm not living here. I can't. So that's when we made the decision to move to Australia. Now, my dad was Australian. So being originally from South Africa, I had um, Australian citizenship from, from a young age, thank goodness. So instead of falling in a heap and saying, all my dreams of, you know, what am I going to do? I, I, I fought harder and I just thought, you know what, this is not going to ruin my life. And it's because of that, and it was awful, it was really terrible. And there was a wedding going on across the road and everyone could see they were going into the church. No one could help us. And I remember when these guys backed out, 
in the car. I laid down on the back seat because I thought they'd turn around and shoot. And uh, my husband was coming through the, trying to get through the gate because he heard us screaming and he thought someone had been in a car accident. And that gate was always unlocked. But on that day, it was locked. And if he'd walked through, they could have shot him. So although it's so traumatizing, I just thought, you know what? I'm not going to let this affect me for the rest of my life. And if it is, I'm going to turn it into a drive. So we made the decision. We moved to Australia. And honestly, it single-handedly has been the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I think you're right in the fact that we need to share the shitty stuff. And, you know, everybody wants to portray these beautiful lives. And, you know, the the more of us women who can, can say, you know, this has happened to me. Another great example is IVF. I struggled with IVF. So many people don't want to talk talk about it, but I've helped so many women or encouraged them who've been going through the same thing. So it's so important. And thank you so much for having a platform where we can share our voice. I find a lot of women have that, you know, crabs, as I call it, the crabs in the bucket. And, and you know, one crab can climb out on his own like I did, but if you've got a, a a lot of crabs in a bucket and they're trying to get out. They just keep pulling each other down and nobody wins. And that's the reality. Misery loves company and everybody wants to just be miserable together. And I had friends that were like, oh, well, South Africa's a mess. We're just going to live here and there's nothing else we can do. And I said, no, I'm not going to raise a child here. And luckily I had the option to immigrate. But, um, yeah, best thing that's happened to me, and I have no problem talking about that story because it encourages so many people who've gone through really crappy things themselves. Absolutely, because that's one of those situations where you could definitely let it, de- let it define you and you could let it, you know, let the fear over- overcome you. And, you know, that was a-, a turning point where it was life-changing for you. So it would either go in a positive way where you didn't let it define you or it could go in a negative way where you let it define you and you let that fear come in. Um, I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's not, it's, yeah. that's, a, that's a situation that you would never forget. You know, it's, it's always there. It's not something that oh, you can't over, but it's it's what you do with, you know, with your mindset and the strategies that you have in place to, that's enabled you to get past that and to use it to inspire you and motivate you to take yourself out of that situation and then use that to as a strength rather than as a weakness. Thanks. Even at the moment when... So the guy had the gun stuck to my head and then he pointed it to my stepmom. When he wasn't looking, I had this beautiful tennis bracelet. I still have it. I bought it when I turned 25. And in that moment, I thought, you know what? You can shoot me, but you're not getting my bracelet. And I unclipped it. I don't know how I did it and let it fall to the floor and I stood on it. So it was under my foot so you can take it off me. And, um, yeah, I giggle about it now because, you know, it's happened. It's you know, you can't look back because you're not going that way, are you? You can only look forward and you do need to find that inner strength. You know, don't be afraid to ask for help, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, as you said. Yeah, so here I am. As you said, you know, not looking back, but sometimes there's some point we do need to look back to know how far we've come. And I think, you know, how far you've come when you look back at that exactly is, is, you know, you're such an inspiration to be out there, you know, sharing your story. But to to move countries when you have, a moment like that that's going to define the rest of your life you know you not only stepped up and said I'm not going to let this define me you actually move countries like that is huge to have the confidence to have that kind of situation happen but then to go I'm not going to let this define me and but then to also move countries like that's that's the confidence that you had then is unbelievable and then you know the, the determination that you are going to make that moment a turning point for the positive in, in your life is um yeah amazing so I think 
you know, that story will resonate with so many women that have been in, you know, different situations where, you know, that might not have been life-threatening but where it, it, is, it does mean whether they, you know, live that kind of life or whether they move on to, to something more positive. So I want to explore, so what did you do? So when you got to Australia, what did you do to really, you know, because obviously you've gone to a country where you didn't know anyone, you didn't have a support network, and, you, you know, you spoke about asking for help. How did you continue to survive when you got here without that sort of support network and not, you know, you said you to ask for help? How, how did you go to for help? How did you how did you survive that time when you first moved here, given the traumatic experience you've just been through and moving countries? Yeah, it was very, um, I didn't talk about it a lot because being in Australia, we're very blessed and, and that kind of thing's not normal here to happen to an everyday person. So I was lucky enough to move with my husband with a new house. We found new jobs. I went on to manage a chain of beauty salons at the time. But really, I grew up being really, really, really shy. But I also went on, when I, like I said, I worked on cruise ships, which which really helped me with my confidence. So when I came to Australia, the only way to, was really to put yourself out there and meet people. And I know a lot of people struggle with this, but I wasn't always confident and I've struggled with limiting beliefs all my life that I, that wasn't good enough. But you'd be surprised when you really put yourself out there and you're kind and you're genuine, people will pick up on that. You know, you meet people and sometimes your relationships don't last forever because, you know, you've met them for a reason and then you move on. But I formed some amazing friendships and I have an amazing tribe of women who support me genuinely. And, and that's a beautiful thing, but it's really putting myself out there, joining groups, joining a gym, chatting to people, not just being in that Facebook group and not answering questions or celebrating wins of my own or encouraging other people and clapping when they celebrate their wins. Yeah. So it's really, you have to go out there and, and, and meet people and put yeah. yourself out there. Absolutely. And I know when I um, looked at your your bio, that you, one of the things that you said was about, you know, being uniquely you. And I can just really feel and get the vibe from you that, you know, you you are confident and you are, you know, confident with being yourself. But obviously, you know, you weren't always like that. So for, for women that have had a traumatic experience in their past and, you know, you said you got your confidence from working on cruise ships and you just sort of went out there and put yourself out there. For women that aren't that confident in putting themselves out there or talking about themselves, what tips have you got for them? Well, I just believe that if you're kind and genuine and have, you know, genuine kind of tensions, you'll be you'll be fine. But the, the most important thing is to realise that you are responsible for everything that happens in your life, you know, and it's 90% of how, of, of how you react to 10% of what's happening to you. And that's what I love about being the power of, you know, the power of being uniquely you because we are, you know, we can't control what other people say and feel about us. So all you can do is put yourself out there, meet people if you don't resonate with them. Now with all the COVID stuff, if you're on groups or Facebook groups and you don't resonate, just remove yourself, find new groups, and eventually you will find your people. But as long as you're kind and genuine and you're coming from a real place, of, of caring, I think you will attract the right people. I'm very big into the law of attraction as well. But if you're going to be that blame game, it's someone else's fault, it's because of them, you know, you have to live at the 100 slash zero, so 100% responsible 
and kind of zero excuses. And it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's so much easier to blame someone else. But you really need to work yourself first and not blame other people. Yeah, for sure. You know, take, as you said before, take responsibility. And the other thing that you mentioned there, which I'm a big believer in too, and we can we can see that you're a believer in this because of all the things that you mentioned at the start, is giving. And the more you give, the more you get back. And I I support B1G1, so in being able to empower and give business education skills to women in countries that wouldn't have access to that. So that's how I give back. And I know that you have some great resources on your website around some tips for, for finding your tribe, so we'll put those notes in um, in the show notes as well. For our listeners that want to hear more about your story, who want to work with you and find out more about the, the projects that you're involved in, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? So social media is great. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, as well as LinkedIn. You did mention my website. There is a downloadable um, there. And I did want to mention something else. You're talking about women, about, oh, yes, if you're wanting to do something, I believe if you're wanting to do something, find someone who's already doing something you want to do well and ask them how they did it. And I do this. And if people approach me, I'm always happy to give advice. And you'll find the woman or, or gentleman, depending on what you're wanting to do, are the most successful ones are going to give you the most of their time and advice. And I find that super interesting. And that goes back to the, collaboration over you know competition there's there's enough business to go around I believe you just need to not try and be the best and be better than everyone but be unique and different yeah absolutely I love that and and I'm a strong believer in that too that you know you you always find someone that you can ask the question and ask them you know have you got some time just to share your journey or, or share your tips or just to give me some advice around, you know, how you navigated your journey or how you got to there or, or what's it like, you know, if you want to be in a particular role or a particular business, what's it like actually being there? Because you might find that, you know, you do all this work and we even get to to where you want to be and then you might get there and go, oh, I don't like it. You know, that, that happened to me. I, I built a business and got there and just went, oh, I've built the wrong business. Started off and then... And, and came back and started doing coaching because, and that's always a good thing too, you know, don't be afraid to ask for someone who's in a position where you would like to be or in a role or a company, but also not just to pick their brains on how to get there, but also on what it's like to live that kind of life and what kind of struggles have they got and and what's involved in it because that's also the beauty of asking someone about what it's like for a day in life of what kind of role they're in. So I really love that you've, you know, brought that point up because, we don't ask. And, you know, if you don't ask, then you're never going to know. And I think we we are so fearful of ask, thinking that if we ask and someone says no, we're, we're, we're scared of that rejection. But you know what? There's no harm in asking. If someone says no, then, you know, it might be a, a not now or it might be, look, I can't help you, but this other person can. So they may refer you to someone else. Or it could be that, you know, they, they'll say, oh, look, I don't have the time at the moment and maybe you can come back to them, you know, and follow that up. Don't think that just a no now means no forever. So I think, you know, being confident in asking people for help or for their opinions. And you know what I believe? You know what's worse than someone saying no is living in that should have. I hate the word should. Should have. Should have should be banned because you'll go, I should have said that. I should have asked. I could have prevented it if I you know, I should have asked that person. I should have done that. I should have, should have, should have. And it's it's so in the past. It's, sometimes there's things you can't change. You have to look forward. Although power of ref- reflection is amazing to see how far you've come, like you mentioned. But 
the word should have, it's far better to have a no than be thinking should have, in my opinion and my experience. Absolutely. And that's a great point, you know, when it comes back to confidence is that you're better to ask and to get a no than to not have asked and be wondering, oh, I wonder if they would have done that or, oh, should have I asked, you know, and second guessing and spending more time, you know, dwelling over should or shouldn't you have asked, you know, just ask. As women, we're too reluctant to just ask, ask for help. Yeah. And you know what? You have to put yourself out there because at the end of the day, we're all the same. We're all going through the same things. The more we share, the more we talk about it, the more empowered we get. And that's the only way we're going to move forward strongly and confidently, I believe. And I still, I struggle every day with anxiety. I still struggle with limiting beliefs. It's like a muscle. It's something that it continuously strengthens. But believing in yourself and like we say in the book, back yourself, backing yourself is is a number one, one thing. You've got to do you and believe in yourself first. That's my message when I talk to young people. That's my, I, I love nurturing and, and influencing the younger because, you know, we didn't have that growing up in the 90s. We didn't have people come talk to us about mental health and, you know, being confident and backing ourselves up. It was all just like, oh, no, this is just the way it is. Yeah, that's right. And I, and I think that's the thing, you know, it's about giving that up-and-coming generation, like I, I did a post with my, about my daughter, about, you know, teaching her to be empowered and, and using her voice and being confident and, you know, and it was funny because my daughter saw that post and she goes, Mum, you could have used a better photo. I'm like, good. You know, you were you were confident with, with what I'd written and she was happy with what I'd written, but she just wanted me to use a better photo. So it goes to show that what I'm actually saying is working because she was confident enough to go, Mum, what did you use that photo for? But I think, you know, getting back to the point is we yeah. growing up didn't have didn't have that, you know, empowering women and supporting women and and confidence. Whereas now we lead more by example by showing, you know, it is okay that if you're not happy with something to to speak up. And, you know, the more you tell your story and the more you back yourself, the more confident you'll get. And that will project you further and further. So, you know, the more, you know, as you said, when when you go to, you know, different events and you're talking about yourself and you're telling your story, and the more you do that, the more comfortable, comfortable and the more confident you get with doing that. And so you're always going to build on that because, you know, even – if you, you know, you said you spoke at an event yesterday, if you go and speak at an event tomorrow, I'm sure you'll still be nervous and I'm sure you'll have butterflies in your stomach and go, oh, you know, what if I what if I stuff up? But it doesn't matter because every time you do something and put yourself out there and do a speak or talk at an event, do do an interview, you're, you're building your confidence every step of the way. So the more you back yourself and the more you put yourself out there, the more confidence you'll get. And then, you know, that then, you know, other people see that and they go, wow, she's confident and, you know, they want to be around that energy. So I think when we buy and collaborate and support and empower, um, you know, it's, it's like you said about the crabs before, if, if one jumps out, then off we go. But if we're all there trying to claw each other and, you know, pull each other down, that happens so much with women that we're all trying to pull each other down that if we actually supported and empowered and gave each other confidence, we'd be so much more powerful. And we have that duty to the younger generations. Well, I know being a mum of a daughter, I can resonate with you. We need to show them the way so that they're not struggling at the same degree as we did growing up with depression and, you know, having friends that make them feel that they're not good enough, but potentially they just have the wrong choice and friend, which is what happened to me. I, I write a blog on my website about how my best friend kissed my boyfriend on Valentine's Day. But then how I met my husband on Valentine's Day. So it was like a bittersweet. And I thought for years, oh, man, it was it's me. I'm not good enough. Meantime, it was I just had the wrong friend, you know. But you have to learn those lessons as well growing up. So we can turn into these strong, empowering 
woman, but I want to inspire as many women as possible to wear red lipstick <laughs> or well, bright I, pink or something. I, mean, I must admit, I don't leave the house without wearing lipstick, but red, I don't know. I'm not going to say I'm not confident to wear red. I just think that it doesn't suit me. But um, I love I love that that tagline, you know, you don't wear, you don't leave the house without wearing lipstick. And it could be, you know, for someone, it could be their favourite earrings or, you know, a favourite necklace or a favourite pair of shoes, whatever it's going to take to make you feel confident. 100%. Like lipstick's my kind of side. That's thing that makes me feel good some people might be like you said a good pair of nice stilettos you know once you become a mom I find it heels again to be honest with you but um you know whatever it is some people like to wear quirky glasses or big earrings or whatever big nice handbags whatever makes you feel amazing and and makes you confident it doesn't matter it's your thing right yeah, absolutely so I just have one more question before we wrap up imagine yourself walking into a room and your theme song comes on what would be the song that would play every time you walk into a room I really like um Katy Perry's firework fireworks if you listen to the words of that song how she says sometimes you feel like you're a plastic bag and you're just floating around I really like that and I really like um again Katy Perry not that I'm a huge Katy Perry fan but I really like her song Roar as well um I think it's a lot of empowerment and I like it because I'm originally from South Africa, you know, she's in the jungle, but my kind of logo symbol is a crown, you know, for real queens fixing each other's crowns. And I also use a lion a lot, being from Africa, finding your courage. And then she's got the cats in her, her music video. So go and listen to the words of fireworks, firework, firework. Yeah, it's really, I love listening to the words of that because it's so inspiring. I love that song, but I'm going to be listening to it with different ears on this time. Nicola, thank you so much for being on the Sharon Cliff podcast. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate your time and thanks for, for being an outlet that we can communicate and help each other find our courage. Wow, so much gold right there. I'd love to know your thoughts on this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. Get in touch via Instagram, Sharon underscore Cliff, or my website, SharonCliff.com.au. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share on socials, make sure you tag me in, or leave a review. The Sharon Cliff Podcast, helping you build a business and a life that you love without burning out. Have an awesome week, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.